We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 59 of the SWW Show. Good Lord. It's me, AJ. I've got Mike with me. Um, hello, hello. I'm here in the background. I think I think the world... Literally today, I saw a Batmobile being escorted by the police department, so I was already super confused. So. Well, welcome to the world we live in. Welcome to Batman's world, apparently. So I was thinking about this. This has nothing to do with Batman. Um, but it has everything to do with the thought I was having as I was uh, getting out of my car and heading into my up to my apartment. Mm -hmm. Because the last song that was on the radio before I turned my car off was uh, Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden. Run to the Hills. Yeah. That song reminded me of this question that I have posed a couple times to different people. What rock artist vocal would you love to be able to nail? Right, like... The disturbed scream, right? Well, no, like, my, my example is always, if I could sing a Judas Priest song note for note and be perfect. Because that guy's got, like, one of the highest, outside of, I think, Chris Cornell, he's got the highest vocal range. And then the Iron Maiden song was another reminder of, like, that effortless, it's not really a scream, but it's a yell tone to his voice. It's just always one of those questions, like, when I hear songs like that, and I'm like, I can try to sing along to this, but I cannot... I can't do these vocal parts that they do with ease. So, but the Judas Priest is always my go-to because to be able to hit the lows and the highs, and he's almost got like an operatic um, feel to his voice because when, when he goes high, he can nail it. So. Um, Chris Cornell, obviously another one. Like, if you could sound like Chris Cornell, that'd be that'd pretty be, fucking that'd sweet. Be, that's a, that's yeah, that's. If I could, that's pretty good. If I could sound like Chris Cornell with the effort of Chris Stapleton, who has just an <laughs> effortless voice, like you watch that guy sing, and it's like he's barely moving his mouth, but 
he's so loud. He generates so much, and it's amazing. Dude, that would be awesome, because, like, especially if you weren't a singer, like a professional singer, but you had that talent. Just, like, going to karaoke nights with your friends and just put on Nothing Compares to You and singing as Chris Cornell. Like, goddamn. You would get all the ladies and the dudes, I'm sure. All, yeah, that's that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. But uh, speaking of um, being able to get all the ladies and the and the guys, getting into the things that we played, I have very briefly hopped into uh, Cyberpunk 2077's 2.0 update. Okay. Um, just to take a look at the new skill tree, um, and the new uh, enhancements. That's it. Like other than that, I have not really done much with it. Um, I am looking forward to doing Phantom Liberty, the DLC, going through that. Um. I still don't know if I'll use my endgame character or just do a new. Um, what are you doing for 2.0? Like right now when you when you went in. Oh, I just that. loaded up my endgame character. I loaded up my endgame save. Okay. Because I was like, I'm going to go into Phantom Liberty at some point. So I didn't want to spend a ton of time in um, 2.0. Mm-hmm. before then that makes sense and I gotta say the visual aspect of 2.0 is incredible really yeah like there are some pretty crazy things that's like oh shit like that looks amazing um so I have seen a lot of people saying that the 2.0 patch alone turns turns 2077 from like a 7 to a 9. Whoa. So. I'm very interested to play through. Uh, Phantom Liberty, obviously. And then I might go back in and. Start from the beginning. That's a, I think that's a, that's probably the highest of praise, right? I mean, the Is fact that. that the fact that so much changed, right? Like, it's a completely different game, and I think that's why I would go back. Is because it's like, okay, you know, I didn't necessarily have the issues that a lot of people had um, at the beginning. And... So, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to go back and experience it especially because i will say this my itch for being a just corporate espionage douchebag was not scratched in starfield whereas it can be scratched in cyberpunk so Uh, developers just need to learn that if you're going to give me the 
uh, archetype of some form of corporate, like, you know, douchebaggery dude or woman. I'm going to choose that, so you better let me mess around with that. Starfield, it just felt like, okay. All it was was... Oh, I forgot to put that in what we played. I played Starfield. I finished it. Um, oh. Yeah. That should tell you my experience with it, the fact that I've forgotten about it at this point. Um, so I guess we can talk about Starfield real quick, and then we'll get into your Baldur's Gate update. Um, Starfield was... Disappointing is not necessarily the right word, but close to it. Um, especially once I saw what the path was once you complete the game. Right, like once you do a new game plus. It's like a. I don't know if you did everything your first playthrough. You're going to be looking at a. 20 to 30 minute loop for New Game Plus. Um, but I was. I think the problem was I, I've talked about this a couple times on stream, like I sequence broke a little bit with uh, Starfield. And I completed a mission where I unlocked. A pretty good ship. So it was. Um, and it also included a really good uh, spacesuit. So I was, I didn't really have to worry about a bunch of that stuff. Um, and then the, uh, the B story where you're like an undercover agent, basically. I don't know. The payoff felt so weird. And I'll, I'll say it specifically, right? Like there was, I told a, a couple people at work this because I've been telling them about my playthrough in Starfield. The mission where it gives you the option to turn on one side or the other. And there's a dialogue of like, you could ask what your companion, what they think you should do. So I do that. I ask my companion and they go, Whatever I think, ultimately, it's down to you. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not really a space pirate. I'm more of a corporate person, so I'll side with the government and go after the uh, space pirates. And as we set foot on the pirate space station, my companion goes, this feels like home. Meanwhile, our objective is to literally slaughter everyone. It's like, <laughs> oh, my. Wait a minute. You're now telling me that my companion wanted me to side with the space pirates. Because as soon as you step foot on the uh, government space station. My companion was like, this place has a uh, air of stuffiness about it. I'm like, you should have told me. I would have nuked the government just fine. Like, I would have sided with the space pirates, but the fact that it was like, oh, yeah, ask your companion. And I did that. And then my companion was like, well, it's up to you. 
And then I make the decision and my companion's like, eh, I don't think we should have made that decision in some like incidental dialogue. Um, I can't remember if it was Next Lander or Giant Bomb, but somebody was talking about it and they had a, they boarded a ship that sounded like it was um, in distress, like the captain had been basically shipjacked and the pirates were trying to make it sound like everything was all good. And the companion was right there along with the guy killing all the space pirates. And then once you kill the last one, it was like, I think the name was Sarah Morgan. Sarah Morgan, Sarah Morgan didn't like that. It's like, I helped this dude survive and saved his ship and you're mad at me because we did that like there's so many instances of starfield had opportunities where it fell flat or just felt like things were disjointed which surprise surprise um whereas like the systems didn't mesh as well as everyone thought like it as soon as you got subsurface on the systems it they started to fall apart so interesting it's interesting because i feel i feel like i think you'd say it's valid critique too is that you definitely have a more negative view than i feel like i've been saying i mean if i was gonna score it right out of 10 I'd probably give it a seven and a half. Okay. Because the highs of like doping around in space, while they're infrequent, they are a blast. Space combat was a blast. It's the traditional BGS stuff that drags it down. So. Yeah. There's a very it's not really a spoiler. I mean, it is in the sense that it's like the last mission. But uh, you do visit Earth at some point. And there was a mission earlier in the game that took me into our solar system. And it was by the moon. (laughs) And there's a quick little like my companion was like, uh, you know, we could go step foot on the moon if you want. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go land on the moon just for fun. And we did that. We landed nothing. Like, no, really? no other dialogue. No, you know. No mission, no nothing. Like, it was just, OK, I landed on the moon. There's a couple minerals to find and then that's it. So. And that's the stuff where like other than the typical BGS problems that I have. It was the planets. Right, like, oh, you know, they were bragging, we have a thousand planets. Or a thousand bodies, I think is what they said. Because there's moons and things like that. 
literally everything is procedural. Right, like you land and you have a, a chunk that you load into. So there's an invisible wall around that chunk. If there's, say, a mountain that you want to climb that you see, if that's outside of your chunk, that won't be there the next time you land. Even if you just fast travel to the, like, where you think that mountain would be, it's not guaranteed to be there. So the planets, they could have cut this down to, like, 10 solar systems with five bodies maybe 10 at the most so okay so you're at 100 bodies right total I feel like that's all I ever went to if I set foot on more than 15 I'd be surprised so, really yeah Uh, let's let's call it 20. If I was set foot on more than 20, I'd be surprised. So. You know, classic example of. Just because it's there doesn't mean anyone's ever going to use it. And as such, little effort was put in, so those that do decide to explore those fringe areas. There's nothing there. Do any of the like the base building or shipbuilding did you get into? Uh, I messed around with some of the shipbuilding, um, which is all right. It's kind of clunky because it's all snap-based stuff, but and it does a very—I will say this—it does a very horrible job of. Um, explaining especially with the landing gear because I ran into this issue I had four landing gear two front two back and one on each, you know, each corner basically and it bitched at me uh, incorrect or something landing gear hmm. I was like what do I need? Do I need more? So then I found out, yes, you need more. So then I put one in between the ones on the corners. Then I put one on each side towards the cockpit. My ship now looks fucking ridiculous because it's got three landing gear in the back on each side and then a set up front. So when it takes off, there's just the like, it's just eight rockets shooting up. And I'm like, you don't need to get that detailed, right? Like, oh, well, the landing gear only have a thrust of, you know, whatever. So if your ship weight is over this, you need more. And it's like, dude, we're just in it for aesthetics. Just make the landing gear work. Just be like, right. OK, you need four, however you orient them. You know. There needs to be an even number on each side, however many you want to do, right? Minimum four. Cool. 
you set those in there, set those parameters in, and then tell the player like what you need, because it doesn't do that either. It does a horrible job of explaining. So you have to dig down like two or three levels in the menus to figure out exactly what you need to do. And it should, yeah. The base building seems better than the ship building. But still. Okay. According to AJ, iffy, we'll call it on, on Starfield. Yeah, seven and a half on a good day. Seven and a half on a good day. Beautiful. Uh, let's talk. We've talked 2.0. We've talked today. Let's talk not FIFA for a few. Walk me through the successor to, to the FIFA. And it, 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 my big question, besides the naming, is there any real noticeable difference? Well, this is no longer the successor to FIFA. This is the only football game EA makes. Right. They delisted all the FIFA stuff, so you can't go back to FIFA. Which, which is a very interesting thing they did. Uh, it makes sense. When you think about the license. Licensing. Yeah. Um, FC24 is it's interesting right because it's the first of well, I guess I played Madden but for like a couple hours it wasn't too crazy um, the first of these new sports games where they're like hey we took footage from <coughs> oh, so this real players using, using that tech yeah, it's it's called like hypermotion or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually is it are they doing it like live every week too, or is it just that's when not necessarily clear. Okay, but they're like, hey, this move from Erling Holland in this Man City match, look like you can do this, um, because that's that's an animation that's in there because we use I assume AI to scan in the data points and that's an, just an animation we can we can view that animation from the game and see the outcome so you know it's it's definitely cool it's a really cool idea if you'd be able to do that the one i really want to see it in is nhl because, Ooh. you know, how many times are people like, you know, I, how many games was it before they included the Michigan as like a control thing that you can do? Oh, which is where you get behind the net and you like lacrosse it and you pick the puck up on your blade and then scoop it in from behind the net. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was at least one game before it was in the game whereas now in theory those systems are in place so if somebody like pulls off uh like trevor zegris popping it over the net for his teammate in front of the net to bat into the goal theoretically those animations can now just be put in the game mm -hmm. so in that scenario you could pop in like I assume saucer pass the puck and it would do that. 
So I'm curious to see that. Obviously, soccer is another one where um, the improvisational aspect of the game allows for this. Um, yeah, like Madden, I really didn't see much of it. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, that sounds... It looks amazing. It's the exact same. Like, it same is game. literally the exact same game. Just doesn't have FIFA on it. Mm. So. And some of the menus are different, but when it comes down to the actual game, nothing's changed. Other than this okay. high promotion stuff. Uh, I think we should probably both shut up for a few. Also, we both played Payday 3. Yeah. Uh, I think it's valid to critique, say that we both think it's a better Payday. Uh, so if you enjoyed Payday 2, I think so far, especially as they fixed the server stuff, I think it seems like a pretty solid wreck so far, what we've played. Yeah, I mean... Shit, I don't even want to look at how much time and money I put into Payday 2. Um... Payday 3 just can... It tightens up a lot of the controls. Mm -hmm. Other than... <laughs> intimidate, point, chat wheel, all being the same button. So, I, I mean, there's some remapping that I would want to do. Sure. And that, um, that is a valid one. <laughs> but, yeah. But... That was... That's and, the one I was the same button. I do understand... Right, this is the first one that's launching on consoles day and date. Mm -mm. Well, maybe not day and date, but close enough, right? Like, where you need some of that stuff to be achievable in controller button presses. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they just maybe they just built the system as like, hey, we're building it to lowest common denominator, which is going to be a controller. Will allow you to remap it. But in the meantime, all of this stuff is just on one button because it's going to be on one button for the controller. It just makes our lives easier. It, it feels like it's maybe one of those moves. Um, game looks incredible. I mean, it obviously it's been 10 years, right? Since Payday right. 2. It should look better. God damn. The models, the, the character models, the NPC models, the police AI models. Still, I think I think could be a little questionable sometimes. Yeah, we had AI break on us on one of the heists where one of them was just chilling. Yeah. And doing nothing. And I couldn't um, figure out, like, what it was we could do to trigger him, like, like... Yeah, so... That being said, the AI can hold its own. Mm -hmm. Which I love, you know, that that's a thing from Payday 2. The fact that the AI can hold their own makes this game... better. Because... 
if you were constantly like having to goat around, having to shepherd around AI, it would suck. Because you would be getting shot in the back and the front and the sides all the while trying to push the AI to do something. But in typical payday fashion, you are a tank. Mm-hmm. Until you aren't. Yeah. But. Yeah. Very, very clearly, for me at least, a day one buy. Nice. And other than the stupid, uh, what was the account called? Out. It wasn't a Starbreeze account, but. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their own account. Other than that, not working the first day, which was down to the game not working, mm-hmm. and the servers being down. Um, that's the only issue I've had with it was has been the spotty servers, which by all accounts they're actively working on fixing. So. Nice. Uh, then last I want to shout out, I've been playing more in Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I just got to shout out what, what, what I've done, what turns into a really fun system, especially when you get to, uh, get to be a certain level and then you go back to past levels that you couldn't quite beat and the enemies get real squishy. I think that turn-based stuff gets real satisfying real fast that way. Uh, but otherwise, same game, Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I'm pretty sure it'll be my like main chill game until we get to Spider-Man, but... We'll see if it lasts that long. But yeah, uh, what we've seen, AJ apparently has watched nothing. Uh, I wanted to shout out two things I've seen. Dark Knight I saw in theaters, which which is Dark Knight. It's cool. I just want to shout out because it was really fun. It was in theaters again for its anniversary. And also, uh, I'm pretty sure theaters just need butts and seats. And then I saw recently The Intern, which I've never seen this one before. Are you familiar, AJ, with The Intern? Is this... De Niro, not De Niro. De Niro? Yes, it's the De Niro and Hathaway one. Yes, I've seen bits of it. I don't think I've seen the whole so, thing. I'm going to say the thing. So we put it on being like, you know, it's a movie at night. We were probably just going to pass out whatever type of film. Like one of those, right? We, we expected little. We had almost no expectations for this film. It's like actually a good film. And I feel like people just didn't talk about it. Like I've always seen ads for it, but I don't remember being like talked about after. And like... A hundred percent, I would actually recommend this film. It was, it was very, right. it was very surprising. Let's be real. You, <laughs> you put this movie on as background noise for Netflix and chill. <laughs> also, this makes sense. Of I click on it and I and I would never fully processed like who did it. I was like, yep, this this checks out. <laughs> it's am, am I wrong? Am I wrong in that? No, that would be what I would expect out of this film. What I'm saying is this film is surprisingly good beyond that. Yeah, I know the, the movie's fine. Also, apparently the per- director's first film was The Parent Trap. Ah, uh, but no, you're not there. But yeah, that, that was kind of it. I want to shout out. Uh, let's just jump the fuck into it. AJ, one of the strikes officially is over. The WGA has come to terms with whatever that acronym is, the AMPTP. Um, AMPTP. Yep. With Hollywood 
to officially begin writing. Uh, I don't know if I want to go through the, the full details, but but I want to get your general take because to me, looking at it, it seems like the writers decently got what they wanted. Honestly, especially like it, like it, like sure there are maybe a few things they didn't quite get, but like it really did seem like the writers won on this one. Yeah, like I would assume you kind of have the same similar take. Yeah, I mean it's. It's a situation where they weren't going to go down without the... At this point, like, this was their bare minimum for what they wanted, right? Mm -hmm. This is what they were going to settle for. And this was the only way that they were going to end the strike. Um, I will be curious if now that this strike has settled, if we see any changes with the writer strike, that's right, the actor strike. Because to me, one of the things too with like within both my strikes, sometimes people talk about like the economic, like of like what happens. Obviously, if if Hollywood accepts how much it costs, and and the writer strike seemed like a always a smaller pill for them to swallow than the actor strike. Just so many more actors and those deals get so much bigger. So I'll be kind of curious too of. Like, does it now become easier for Hollywood to accept it? Or now that they're like, hey, as long as we have the writer pipeline going, we now can hold out longer because we still, like, as an affect our schedules for a bit. I mean, the problem is... Even with writers... Here's the sad reality, right? If SAG-AFTRA had folded first we would mm -hmm. be seeing stuff in production mm -hmm. because they would have the studios would have just slapped non-union writers that they pull out of college on these projects right the writing would suck but the talent would be there and especially like the working actors would have to take they're gonna have the luxury being picky right the same yeah now the writing will be there, but the talent will suck. You think will though? Like I like there ha is there not clauses of like SAG after work can't be used to sell to not to like to like stuff for like cross picket lines. There are different unions. I'm just surprised they don't have like rules of that for like selling. There is kind of a through. tentative agreement between WGA and SAG after where. Um. The WGA doesn't want people to go back to work on projects. Right, I figured that one. But no, from the standpoint of, of like selling the if I sell the script, that script could turn around and be used as with yeah. only gaps. Okay, I didn't I didn't realize that was part of that. That's all. How, that's how it's always been. Like there has been a disconnect between the unions the entire time. From the standpoint of. You know, a WGA script could be sold. Nothing could be done with it, right? Like, it could just sit on a desk somewhere in a shelf. Or it could be used with SAG-AFTRA. It could be used with um, non-union actors. It could be used with uh, animated stuff. So... There isn't really a uh, 
I mean, there is in the sense of like the WGA is like, hey, let's help out our other, mm-hmm. you know, our other compadres here. But you can work on stuff. It's not like, you know, you're not going to be hated if you, if you don't. Or if you do, I should say. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next story. This was an interesting one, I thought, in the context of all of these strikes happening. Uh, so, if you don't know, Fables is a, I would say, are you a very beloved comic series? Um, and it was made by a guy who basically wrote it himself and then eventually sold the rights to an arm of DC Comics. But now he's claiming that his contract, he kept initial intellectual rights. So Bill Willingham is claiming that he actually still has the rights Fable, uh, and he has sent it to public domain, which, uh, which for the record, DC doesn't agree with him, and I'm pretty sure is threatening to sue. Uh, DC's here's DC's statement Yeah, the the Fable's comic books and graphic novels published by DC and the storylines. Characters and elements therein are owned by DC and protected under the copyright laws of the United States and throughout the world in accordance with the applicable law and are not in the public domain. DC reserves all rights and will take such action as such action as DC deems necessary or appropriate to protect its intellectual property rights. Here's where Here's where there's a um, a good kind of example where this where we know this shit ain't gonna work mm-hmm. the guy that wrote um, The Witcher sold it for like 9500 bucks to CD Projekt mm-hmm. and has tried to sue them on several occasions but in Polish law it's different too Right, but basically what he was trying to do is control... The, he's trying to do the same thing here, right? Like, uh, but what my understanding for him was different was Polish law specifically has this clause that says, hey, if you think your deal is you got fucked, you can basically sue them to basically force a new deal, and that's what he did successfully. But that was because Polish law has a specific, like, re-clause in there. Yeah, so he, what he wanted to do was get more money out of it. Totally understandable. What Bill Willingham is trying to do is say. I still control. Fable. Right. What. What he doesn't understand is he sold those rights. Right. Once you sell that. That's it. Right. You can't be like. It's classic example, right? We'll go back to The Witcher. Guy mm-hmm. sold the rights for 9500 bucks or whatever it was, right? It was around that amount. If, let's say, Ubisoft approached him, he's like, well, guess what? I want to sell the rights to The Witcher to Ubisoft for a million dollars. You can't do that. You don't own the rights anymore. You know, um, you see a lot of musicians doing this where they'll sell their catalog. So they sell the rights to their catalog. 
once they do that, it's the rights holder to deal with it. So if this guy sold the rights, guess what? He's fucked. Like this, this could be one of the shortest trials ever. Oh, like, like legitimately, I like this. I read this and I went, "What? You first off, if I was going to do something like this, at least to God have a lawyer at least be willing to back me." Like, which it doesn't sound like this. It sounds like this dude's like, this dude sounds like he is soloing it. Yeah, he's mad that he got fired, and as a result, is saying, you know. So here's his just opening bit from his letter. As of now, 15th of September, 2023, the comic book property called Fables, including all related Fables spinoffs and characters, is now in the public domain. What was once wholly owned by Bill Willingham is now owned by everyone for all time. It's done, and as most experts will tell you, once done, it cannot be undone. Takebacks are neither contemplated nor possible. Literally contradicting himself in that opening paragraph. He can't take back the property from DC. He could resell it or be gifted to him. Yeah, DC. Legal transaction. DC could totally do this if they wanted to. They're not going to, but they could. If I couldn't. Uh, but yeah, we will keep an eye on this lawsuit. Brought to you by idiots. Uh, agent head of the story. <laughs> well, no, he goes on to say this is later in the, his letter. I've decided to take a different approach and fight them in a different arena, inspired by the principles of asymmetric warfare. <laughs> the one thing in our contract the DC lawyers can't contest or reinterpret to their own benefit is that I am the sole owner of the intellectual property. I can sell it or give it away to whomever I want. No, you can't, dude. He might be the only property, but it's pretty clear. It's not. Like a... Well, no. Once he sold the rights. But it could he, did he sell? So he's the only question I just didn't know. He might. I'd be curious if he sold the rights to make stuff in that world commercially versus like selling the rights to the property. Like, is it like an exclusive licensing deal versus? Yeah, and we'd have to see the contract for right. It oh, be. yeah, that's like we can't answer. But like there are ways this could be legit. But it just I don't think I have a hunch that this man did not do his homework. Strange hunch, I know. Uh, I wanted to shout out the story that AJ just added to the doc. So I will hand it actually hand it over to AJ to to give us some sad news. Um, the legendary actor who I'll put it this way, right? There was a show on the BBC. Or in fact, it it's kind of officially dead at this point called Top Gear. A show I adore. And they had a test track. Every corner was named on that test track, usually just for something, right? Like scenery or something like that. One corner on that track was named for a person. That corner was the final corner 
and they called it Gambon. Why? Because Michael Gambon put a Suzuki, I think it was a Suzuki at the time, like Suzuki sedan on two wheels trying to cut the track for a faster lap time. And has created one of the greatest clips ever. As you hear everyone in the crowd think, oh shit, he's going to crash the car. Well, he gets to crash a car in the sky now. Uh, Michael Gambon has officially uh, died at the age of 82. God, what would you know him for? He was in damn near everything. Um, He's most obviously Harry Potter. Yeah. I was trying to think of like, okay, what other big things was he in? Uh, He was in King's Speech. But like, Um, but I would say like, if you wanted to be like, why would people know him? I think it's an obvious answer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Give me your movies. <laughs> Give me all of your movies. Uh, he was in Book of Eli. He was pretty good in that. Um, mm-hmm. He was in Paddington. He was in Kingsman. Um, obviously Paddington Two. What else? He was in the 1965 Othello. Excuse me. That's an old one. Um. Yeah. Very, very talented Irish actor. Um. Was married for forty years. Goddamn. Whoa. And yeah, passed away at the age of eighty-two. Yeah. Like an age where you could be older, but at least a good age. It was like damn near eighty three. His birthday is October nineteenth. I mean, he's like he died super young, at least. Yeah. But yeah, that is that is that news. Uh, the other sad news I thought we had to shout out was Steve Harwell, uh, best known obviously being the lead singer of the band Smash Mouth, has sadly died at the age of fifty six. Due to Smash his Mouth. struggles with alcohol addiction. Yep. Smash Mouth is a band that, that... It's a band for as much... It is the Nickelback equivalent of for how much crap it gets. It is definitely one that, that the reason it gets so much crap is because it was culturally everywhere for a hot minute. No. No. No? No. The hundred Nick, percent. What, Nickelback... What no. Nickelback is like... Coke. Okay. <laughs> uh, just hear me out, right? Yeah. Smash Mouth is the Dollar General Coke. Mm. Right. They never reached the same level of uh, infamy as Nickelback, but they were hated for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. So there were, you could see, okay. You know, there's the taste of Coke in my Dollar General, whatever they would call it. My store brand, not Coke, Coke. But you want Coke, right? You want Nickelback over Smash Mouth. Did Smash Mouth have some okay songs? Yeah. Do people still bop to All Star? I work with a bunch of 30 and 40 year olds. Yes. I can answer that question. Yes, people. White people still get down to All-Star. 
And, and I'm going to say, I don't know if you blame them. Yeah. Is we, it a bop? Gonna, kind of. Yeah, are we really going to be tend here? Am I going to say it's the perfect song? No. No, I'm not. Are we going to sit here and honestly pretend here that it's like the worst song in the world and it's not a good party jam? Then no, sir, you need to leave because you're a liar. I'm just saying the truth. It's, it's the perfect song to throw in at a barbecue to get everyone up. Exactly. I'm not again. This is the like... This song exists, same reason McDonald's exists. Not because it's the most quality thing in the world, but because it serves a purpose. Yeah. And if we could say one thing about this group, I think I think that's the way to describe it. They are natty light. They're natty light. <laughs> They're there. You don't really want it. But you understand why but it's there. it'll it'll get you to where you need to go eventually. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You'll hate the time that it took to get that to where you wanted to go. But you kind of look it back with a little bit of enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. But you get to say, I pounded 40 beers last <laughs> night. What people don't need to know is you pounded 40 Natty Lights. But they don't need to know that. Exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad we had it. A lot of I, I hate I hate that that was the ex- the example considering the circumstances of his death, but but like tell me it's not real. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't think of another one right off the top of my head. Like that was better than the. I think it was circle. one of those best explanations we could have ever had. I'm gonna be honest with you. yeah. So Smash Mouth is Natty Light, Nickelback is PBR, <laughs> and. <laughs> And Disturbed is where you pull out the fireball. Well, no, Disturbed is like that <laughs> craft beer that maybe... I don't know, like... Its fad is kind of over, but it still has an audience. Like the... The audience that are just into craft beers to say they're into craft beers have moved on to something else. Mmm... But the people that love that that one craft beer love it, and they'll tell everyone they love it, and they'll recommend it to everyone. Meanwhile, you got Nickelback just pounding PBRs because everybody wants to be with that dude because he's going to be the life of the party. The Smash Mouth dude pounding Natty Lights is just going to be pissing on your tree every 10 minutes. <laughs> <sighs> okay, on that note, I got four trailers uh, for us to discuss in some variety. Uh, AJ, I'm just going to kind of list them, and then you tell me if any of these stood out to you. I got one or two that I do want to touch on. The first, we have Bike Riders, we have Chicken Run 2, we have The Boy... And the Huron, which is claimed to be the final film by Miyazaki. We will see. And then the one that just dropped this morning in Argyle. Do any of these trailers or did any of them kind of stand out to you when you're watching them? Here's the thing, right? Like. I want the bike riders to be good. Same. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page, right? You want the bike riders to be the telling of the Hell's Angels. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be because it's based in Chicago and not out west. Right. 
You want it to be good. Like, Will it be paper, good? On paper, I think it has like the stuff it could be good. It has the potential. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like, I'm not saying like a I promise it'll be good. Like, I think it has the potential to be good, right? <laughs> the problem I see is. I don't know. Austin Butler isn't that great of an actor. You know, every female is going to yell at you for that one. I don't give a shit. I think I agree with you, though. Like, like, he's like. Is he a heartthrob? Yes. Is he a good actor? No. But I like I didn't understand the Elvis for him hype quite the same way that like people seem to have loved it. Now. Could Tom Hardy save this movie? <laughs> Potentially. This um, is an interesting cast. I think it's a yeah. very interesting cast. Oh, we will see. Uh, the other one I wanted to shout out that I just saw today was Argyle. It being, as we keep discussing this, right, like Apple movies kind of being here and, and like kind of, and like trying to thing. I think it looks kind of cool. Uh, also, the thing I have to shout out immediately, why did they make Henry Cavill and John Cena look exactly the same in this trailer? There was a little moment I'd be like, who is who? Here's the thing, right? <laughs> they they explicitly say Matthew Vaughn, the director of Kingsman. Mm -hmm. Is Argyle part of Kingsman? There is no way. It looks exactly like a Kingsman movie. No, no, his style, I will 100% agree with you that, like, it looks like Kingsman movie. There is no way this is a Kingsman movie. Because I feel like if he wanted to make Kingsman movies, he'd be making Kingsman movies, and they would just be signing checks. Yeah, I, I mean, think, it's... I think that's... Well, I think there is another Kingsman movie, but the failure of the King's Man... But, like, may that have... was... My problem with that is that was as much as I don't love that film, that was a failure of a Kobe box office. That was not a failure yeah. of a film. Yeah. Like, like I, I think it's the worst of the trilogy by a decent margin, honestly. But like that film by itself shouldn't have failed. No. But. Uh... We will see. But yeah, uh, video game news. Uh, we start with strikes. We must start with strikes. I don't make the rules. Sagastra uh, might be striking. Uh, so people don't remember that. Is that striking question mark? Is striking. Uh, but the interactive arm is not striking question mark yet. Don't they strike soon? Because the whole thing is that the video game arm moving through. Remember, it, some of the big studios are in agreement with Sagastra for their voice actors. And that apparently deal has been expired and they've been kind of working on an expired deal. So they have authorization to strike, and we will see it very soon if this happens. And that will be interesting if it's just more industries on strike. Yeah. I don't think we have much on that, but I'll be curious to see what breaks here. Uh, yeah. The story that that I think was a, the industry whopper today of a few industry whopping stories uh, is that Epic Games, the makers both known for Fortnite Unreal 
announced a whopping 16% of employees will be let go on top of them getting rid of both the advertising firm they acquired in the last years and getting rid of Bandcamp. Uh, it sounds like that most of the projects there will not be affected. The biggest I have seen and heard is that the Fall Guys team got basically decimated. They still exist, but it was kind of like how 3 for 3 got gutted earlier in this year. Uh, AJ, speaking of here, they claimed this was kind of it. This was kind of the negative on the payroll. What, what is your kind of big thoughts uh, either here or as we saw a bunch of this kind of in the industry as a whole? I mean, am I surprised? No. Th I mean, this has been a trend that we've seen for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Where and and Epic tech to me was kind of like that line where I was like, ah, no. this this will be a sign if the industry gets real bad or not. Well, no, it was tech companies ballooned over COVID, mm -hmm. and the money also ballooned right so epic acquired a bunch of different people which were not game related right and now their cash cow is declining in revenue and one of the big things i was saying too was so obviously for a while and it still is fortnite's biggest money maker is is skins but one of the new money makers recently is that that interactive island that people can make things on creative mode whatever they're calling that and what i was reading is those margins are actually worse for epic too from like the deal kind of like because like because like also people can get a cut too and apparently those deals are actually better for the consumer than the actual epic deals are with skins so like even if they make the same amount of money they're actually making less money is one of the weird epic problems they're having too is as they evolved it yeah, and as to throw a wrinkle into this, I saw before we recorded this, Epic is uh, increasing the price of V-Bucks. Mm. So it's one of those, okay, Epic may be on this point of teetering towards needing to make a huge decision. Right. Not, not teetering on collapse because there's no way. Epic yeah, there's, like I think I think like especially in a company so big, they have so many assets they could offload. They could do yeah. so much stuff tomorrow to stabilize. It's not even funny. But I think they need to. They'll be on the path to making a decision of. Do we just start closing a bunch of these things? Right. Yeah. Like, at what point does something like? Rocket League, I think, is probably pretty good, but Fall Guys is something I've definitely been hearing more questionable on the number side. Yeah, that was a great example, right? Like, people yeah. saw that they were affected by the layoffs, and a lot of people jumped to the conclusion that Fall Guys shuttered, which makes me think that's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? If people's first inclination was... Are they gone? Oh, there's layoffs. Fall Guys is closed. Well, if you guys are thinking that, there's probably a reason... And you may have just fulfilled your destiny. So. Yeah, I, I, Epic may have to start, you know. Reneging on some of their. Changes that they made to the store and to the way that they pay out creators and the way that they do. Certain things, because. They're going to have to make a decision, right? Like. 
do they keep the payouts that they have and just eat it? But where's your income? Right. They're going to be big enough to the point where they need such high income on a month to month basis just to support what they have mm-hmm. that you might need to start changing some of those contracts around. Do I want them to? No, because that would suck, right? But they were they were the one that started the race to the bottom. First off, it was iPhone. But, but <laughs> iPhone? Well, the race to the bottom. No, in terms of like, you know, Epic was the first one that was like, we're giving our creators, you know, our publishers 88% or whatever their oh, yeah, yeah. thing was. They they started that race to the bottom because they knew they had Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Now they're realizing maybe they don't have Fortnite. They'll still have it, but you know what I mean? But like they got so used to that it's yeah. it at its peak that right. they didn't account for it. it what, like Niantic was a perfect example, too, of they got so used to it over the last like even during the pandemic that arise that you saw those layoffs earlier this year of them and like, oh, yeah, maybe we don't need 20 of these games on the market. Exactly. Whereas Steam is Steam. Right. They take a cut of everything. So and people are just like. I was seeing online the joke that Steam has to be if you do a calculation of revenue per headcount has to be the most effective company in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Short of maybe like. uh if you want to get real legal, like some of these holding companies that maybe only have two people. Sure. And uh, as sure. employees uh, and they're holding companies for like multiple billion dollar organizations. That, that's about I meant of like real companies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, if you want to get legal, like, like it has to be yeah. to, like towards the top. Right. Yeah. Um, well, who's the guy? Cloud. Was it Cloudflare? Yeah. Cloudflare was like run by one or two guys. Now, do they bring in the same kind of money? No, but it's still another example of a very successful company with a very small um, employee base. And so, you know, as such, right, it's it's the reason that we see it a lot in the states where as soon as people in the states get into an ecosystem, they don't jump out. It's why basically your first smartphone decided what you're going to get for the rest of your life. Because people think it's too much of a hassle, and it is, to switch between Apple and Android. People think it's too much of a hassle to switch between Steam and something else. You know, why would they switch? All their stuff's on Steam, all their friends are on Steam. You know, you're t- they were they'd be like, you're telling me I have to buy the game again. On a different platform. You know. OK, yes, everyone has an Epic account because they wanted to play Fortnite. But. You know, especially on the PC side of it, that's the only thing they would be doing. So. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I'll be curious we to see where they go. We'll wait and see. Uh, God, this was the month of hell. 
Uh, next news story we have to talk about. We talk about it kind of lightly because everything's kind of on the internet. Microsoft dumb and fucked up. So people who forget the FTC uh, lawsuits are out there, all that fun stuff that we dealt with over the summer. Uh, Microsoft, by the way, is cleared in the UK to acquire exclusive. Now we're just waiting on our own FTC to get their head out of their ass. But anyway, the big thing is they were Microsoft had to upload a bunch of documents to the public side of the court. That way, like, journalists can download it, but they're allowed to encrypt all the actual numbers. Guess what Microsoft forgot to do when, when these uploaded? They uploaded the un-contracted version. And we know just about everything of Xbox Effective 2021. There is, down to Game Pass numbers, down to what games are in production. Like, who, is someone getting fired at Microsoft, do we feel like? Oh, that person's already, they're buried <laughs> in the Puget Sound. Like, they didn't just get fired, they got murked. Bill Gates personally, like, killed them, right? Like, um, <laughs> I will say, probably the most shocking thing to come out of the leaks is the confirmation that Phil Spencer is incredibly two-faced. <laughs> you say shocking, like, it was the most, like, businessy thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, it was the, you know, his public persona is like, you know, basically rising tides lift all ships. Mm -hmm. But then behind closed doors, he's like, Sony sucks. We have the best product. <laughs> you know, we should be dominating. Like, mm -hmm. how can Sony be getting away with this? It's stupid. That, you know, it's this and that. And it's like, OK, so my assumptions were true, like. Phil Spencer has a very big, like, um, public persona. And everyone loves him because he's so easy to talk to and this and that. It's like, no, he just drank the Kool-Aid enough that he can just put that on whenever he wants. And then as soon as he's off, he's. Microsoft, like he's he's pro Microsoft. Everything Sony does is bad. I can't believe they get away with it. And it's like, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. I get it. Like, 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 and I'm not saying what you think is wrong, right? Like, this is a very valid, like, that is what in the documents, like, the, the honest answer is he's what everyone who understands how business works, what, what everyone thought he was. It's just like, a, like, you see it on paper and like, it's video games people get very protective. -y. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the business aspect of it, it's like, OK, yep. That totally makes sense. You know, him questioning how the opposition is getting away with, you know, the crazy yeah, numbers like that they Xbox, were. Especially when he walked in, Xbox is a brand. Well, like, like Phil Spencer took that brand from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, he built a lot of really, really good faith with the fans. And deservingly so. Right. Now... I think a lot of that good faith is maybe starting to crumble or at least the cracks are forming. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have to be on. Double PR duty, not just whatever the next game is, but also. PR for himself, because, you know, people are going to bring this stuff up. Because video game journalists are five year olds and. OK. Who's worse, video game journalists or wrestling journalists? So, so the answer 
is wrestling journalists but video game fans are worse. So here's why. Wrestling journalists, and not all of them, I think there are some good ones out there, will get so personal in the wrestlers' lives where I feel like video game journalists will never do that with developers, but video game fans will attack developers. And I think that's the, yeah. that's the difference. Like, like we'll get into of like... Uh, like I mean... Of the Unity stuff, like Unity, yeah. like had to close it because the fans called it a bomb threat. I don't see that wrestling happening. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just now thinking about the uh, Stephanie Paul divorce rumors. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, you would never see that. Um, yeah. We'd never see a headline from Jason Schreier. Granted, he's a respected oh, journalist. But even the non-respected ones, I don't, I don't expect to see the... Yeah, we wouldn't see a dirt sheet PlayStation blog be like, Phil Spencer is getting divorced. Right. You know, we would never see something like that. I think to but, me that might be the difference. Yeah. Also, there's a unique situation there, right, where she is kind of the heir to... WWE Paul is the he was on the board but isn't now you know a weird situation with the whole uh mm-hmm. I was going to call it embracer but that's not what it's called what it's called um whatever that group is that whole situation um and kind of the disgrace that it brought to what people thought was going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, as far as this leak, it's like, okay, how many of those plans are still in place, right? Like, we saw their release calendar, and that thing is so busted, it's not even funny. Because you're telling me this, so this stuff was current as of 21 mm-hmm. you know so we would have known about a new doom i bet you that, that i think those are real like my guess is these and, are real oh yeah no i'm saying that stuff is real but like based on the timeline that new doom game would have been out already mm-hmm. so it's like people that just look at the document and go oh where is this stuff well Stuff probably got delayed. Oh, yeah. This is like pandemic guessing of timing, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. There are some juicy things in there, but none of it's none of it's damning for the case. Mm -hmm. Some of it is damning for personal character stuff. And the kind of the Xbox brand. In terms of. It's. Maybe not as strong as we think. Yeah. But it's like Game Pass is incredible. That's the thing holding the company up right now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is the big stuff there. Uh, next thing broke last night. Jim Ryan uh, is leaving PlayStation and retiring. 
Uh, good for him. He's been at the company for 30 years. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, Good for him. But it was just one of those, like, especially though the back show of this, is like, ah, this has been uh, quite a few weeks for the games industry. Yeah, I mean, the timing's a little weird. But also, the problem becomes if he wanted to clear his retirement by the end of the fiscal year, mm-hmm. you need to start those wheels usually four to five months in advance. Yeah, he might have some sort of... He either might have a clause or his expectation of it being six months or some sort of so, announcement, yeah. Yeah, so it just the timing is just a little weird in terms of, oh, well, this lawsuit's going on and he's retiring. It's like, no. It was independent, 100%. Yeah. yeah, it was just... He it's, probably, if anything, was probably hanging out long enough to see if he would stop it. Is my guess. Like, he might have wanted to retire a year ago. Oh, I guarantee you his retirement is, like, he had it planned. And he's like, if I can stop this and this be the last thing as I go out the door. That'd be amazing. That would he, be would, like, he would be remembered as a god in the PlayStation world. Even, like, in corporate, even. Like, if you think of, like, yeah. corporate rivalries, that would be the ultimate, like... Fuck you and like closes the door. Yeah. <laughs> and like goes retires on a ranch somewhere and doesn't does like disappears. Like that's the right. ultimate fuck you. Yeah. So but yeah. Uh we won't talk about it a lot. It's been in there's everywhere. Unity's uh dumb fucker. If you're curious what's happened last month, just Google Unity install fees and, and realize it's a multi billion dollar company. Uh next one I'm gonna show <laughs> Also, the- if you Google that, it's probably changed since we read it. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm just like, just go check it out. Especially if it matters to you. Uh, I wanted to shout out that Embracer has closed officially Volition, uh, which was a studio in Central Illinois that, that's best known Saints Row series. Uh, yeah, that, that was a very, it was a very old studio. I knew which we worked there, so it was like one of those that we all kind of saw it coming, but like, it was definitely one of those interesting days to wake up to. Uh, next thing I want to shout out was new iPhones officially announced. The big thing on it is apparently you could play AAA games at least the last two years because the last few Resident Evils will be like coming to the actual iPhones and apparently playable back to the iPhone 15, which is way stronger than I thought it would be right to be. And I'll be very curious on how well this functions. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. You won't even get through the opening. You won't even get through the intro of four. <laughs> on an iPhone, your battery will be dead in an hour. You think so? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, phones have been strong enough to run PS3 games for a while. So I guess now it's okay. Now they can play PS4, PS5 games. I'm more curious. Because how many how many people are going to use this feature, right? Mm-hmm. The RE games are going to be $60 on iPhone. People balk at games that are $5 on the iPhone. You're trying to tell me people are going to spend 60 bucks on their iPhone. Granted, they spent $1,600 on the phone in the first place. Yeah, it is one of my favorite old jokes of like people will spend insane amounts on the phone, but they won't actually spend money for stuff on the phone. Yeah. It is some level of insane. Also, the phone is very fragile, so... I have seen that, and I'll be very curious what that does. I won't do a damn thing. They'll sell a gajillion of them, but... 
Yeah, but I'd be curious, like, is it enough with after issue or a fix or a recommendation or something? Don't issue a recommendation. Buy our $100 Apple case. <laughs> I'm going to skip that one. And then, uh, and then buy our Apple USB-C that's long enough to fit in a case because the one that comes with the phone isn't. Uh, I want to shout out fast, uh, since both me and AJ were equally confused by this, Division 3 was uh, announced? Well, there's a very specific reason why we're confused. We can't talk about that reason as of yet. But, but like, um, yeah. Division 3 is happening, apparently. We'll yeah. keep an eye out for more news. I think that's all we know. That's basically all that the announcement was, yeah. Yep. Uh, next it, story we got. it wasn't even a fancy, like, image. It was literally, they took a <laughs> screenshot of a Word document. Yeah, no, it was, it was literally like a... No big deal moment. Uh, Glenn Schofield, who is best on screening uh, Dead Space and recently was on the was the CEO of the team that made Callisto Protocol, is officially leaving as CEO of Striking Distance. Uh, what I'm super intrigued by is apparently the entire C-suite is leaving, but like all of them are apparently leaving on good terms. I don't quite understand that because apparently none of them were asked to leave is what I'm understanding. Well, here's the thing that everyone forgets. Callisto Protocol was supposed to be a tie-in with PUBG. That is still the most insane fact that I know you're correct on. That is makes no sense. And as such, is the failure and the removal of that connection, but the DNA of that connection staying in that game, and thus the failure of the game... I think partially because of that. The writing was on the wall, right? Like mm -hmm. they knew they weren't going to make anything else. And they were like, hey, can we leave? And Crafton or whoever the company is behind it was like, sure, I guess. Like, you know, we don't have anything for you. We're <laughs> like, you know, South Korea is a country where if they don't have something for you, they'll just let you go. Like, it's not like, oh, well, you have to finish out your contract. And if you want to leave right now, that'd be breach of contract. They're like, whatever. There is still some of that, but it's much more. I'm not going to say it's lenient or loose, but. You hear about this a lot more in. Korean companies than like uh, Western companies. Where. Leadership will leave because they've accomplished what they set, were there for, you know, hired mm -hmm. for, um, whether good or bad. So, yeah. we will see, uh, kind of circling back from some of the other embracer stuff that happened with Volition. Uh, the two big things is apparently there are layoffs going on at the studio at Rainbow Studios, which is that Phoenix Bake studio that works on the M. X vs. ATV series. And then apparently they just might sell Gearbox is the current rumblings going on because Embracer just needs cash. And obviously Gearbox would probably be their biggest entity that's like a straightforward entity that'd be easy to get rid of. So we'll be seeing. I'm curious kind of... My, my question is who... Who in the market wants Gearbox? Oh, no, no. I was hearing that they just might spin them as their own entity. 
But I'm saying like, okay, if if Embracer is calling, if I'm EA mm-hmm. and Embracer calls me, first off, I don't pick up the phone. And secondly, <laughs> I give box. I would pick up the phone. Very few assets. Give up might be the asset I pick up the phone for. But I'm Andrew Wilson, the robot. Do I want Gearbox? Do they provide anything to EA? Gearbox, let me phrase this to you, was a net profitable asset pre-acquisition. And I never had heard that Gearbox was structured or treated people in a way the same way I heard that, like, say, other ent- corporate entity, um, Jeff Bezos' entity, uh, has been known for treating people. Uh, so, like... In theory, if you acquire Gearbox and you really don't give a fuck, you could probably get squeeze a lot more profit out of that machine. Potentially. That'd be my big thing. If you look at EA, you're like, we could probably squeeze a lot more out of this fucker. But you would be buying it on potential. I'd be buying a potential, but I'd be buying a net profitable asset on potential. It's already net profitable on acquisition. Yeah. So that'd be the big thing, too, is we don't always approve the asset, but the asset by itself at least is worse. It's not like a they're acquiring failing studios like Gearbox is a publishing division has been a very successful like thing. Think of it, how big it is now compared to what it was. Yeah. And that's the only thing you're really buying it for is for the publishing wing, like the Borderlands stuff. Like. I don't know, I think Borderlands three Borderlands threes success or lack thereof points to the world just doesn't want it. Borderlands 3, I would argue, is super successful. Borderlands 3 sales. Uh, Yeah, buddy, we're at at, uh, 18 million units. I'm not even pretending that's a real statement. By 2023, the game Borderlands 3 specifically has sold 18 million units. How many of those were initial? Because I guarantee you a lot of people bought it because it was Borderlands 3. Uh, the end of 2019, the year came out, there at 8. So 11 million were sold post the release year. Oh, that's actually not bad. That's a good, I think that's a pretty good tail. Yeah. Over 50% post launch year. But that humor just, I don't know, it just doesn't really fly anymore. I think the humor flies differently. I think you saw that even with Tiny Teen on how they had to adjust yeah. it and stuff. Like, like, I think I think there was a very valid critique of that one. But I guess that's yeah, that's the most recent Borderlands thing, right? Like, was but, but it's also been four years. And like Tiny Teen of Wonderland yeah. has apparently sold enough to be profitable. Like as much as I didn't like that game, it's profitable by any stretch. We right. will see. I guess that that specifically is what soured Borderlands Three. I like. Like I said, I don't really remember what it did, but the Tiny Tina just like showcased that that humor is that was I think the one not in the humor. cultural lexicon. I think anymore. I think you saw the humor being the most divisive in that one. Yeah, I think it's about the best way to say it. Um, I mean, also like if we want to get into that kind of like how humor changes, like the fact that people aren't really that excited about Rick and Morty anymore. Yeah, I, I feel like that is a... Especially, like, they infamously got the most insane TV deal ever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, people are just... Okay, it's... Royland humor. Which it feels like Royland humor and Borderlands humor are... One and the same. 
people are just like kind of over it at this point. It still has its fans, but it's not drawing in people the way that it used to. Yeah, I'd be curious kind of, I actually don't know how to watch it without cable. I'd be curious kind of what's the easiest way to do that, especially as cord cutters grow over year. Hulu, sort of some. Is it the day after or how do they do I it? I think it's the day off. Okay. I don't know. Hulu keeps changing their stuff in terms of that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's jump into games coming out the rest of the year. Uh, as this comes out, AC Mirage is coming out on the fifth, October twentieth. Marvel's Spider-Man Two comes out, and the same day as Super Mario Bros. Wonder City Skylines comes out, October twenty-fourth. October twenty-fourth, we'll also see the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection. Robo's Cup Rogue City comes out the second, same day as Talos Principle 2, Modern Warfare 3, with the Modern Warfare 2 maps of Modern Warfare 2 of two generations ago, not confusing in the slightest, comes out on November 10th, and Avatar Frontiers of Pandora come out December 7th. Uh, for film, I really think there is one answer. I just decided to show how fucky the film calendar is. Uh, to make a point of, here are the big films coming out in October. Uh, Priscilla, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. I had to write it down because, let's be honest, it's going to be one of the big box office draws of the month in the Taylor Swift Eras tour. And Five Nights at Freddy's. AJ, I think the obvious answer is Killers of the Flower Moon, but I'm willing to take other suggestions for a movie of the month. I think it's a valid choice. I just don't think I have the 14 days I need to watch the movie. <laughs> it's the it's so good. Because uh, it's that or it's Priscilla, like a big objective. I think it's the answer. Do you disagree on that? No. So, so Killers, October 20th. I think it's going to be real good. It's it's like I think on paper is everything it needs to be a hit. My problem is it's it's a problem I've talked about a couple times. Um, I know on here and it's a problem that I uh, try to bring up whenever I can. Um, in my personal life, this is a story about First Nations people told by a white guy. Right. So will it be handled with the grace? And the and it's possible. I I have heard stuff of like on that set. It seemed like they had actual people with like cultural yeah. like it's not just like it wasn't just like the four white people making a film. You know, it's this this country, this country being the United States and also Canada, Canada's done incredibly terrible things too um just likes to say that the first nations people don't really exist um and likes likes to hide the atrocities that it committed um to those people and as such i i do find it funny right like we're seen in sports cleveland changed their baseball team from the indians to the guardians mm-hmm Washington famously changed their football team from the Redskins to the Commanders. 
And now the First Nations people are saying, change it back because the commanders is even worse. Um, when you think about it. Like, hey, we want to be called the commanders, the people that took over the land of the Redskins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, as much pride as we can show the people that were here first, right? Um, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, I live in Michigan. A lot of our county names are still... They're the anglicized versions of um, the local names for the areas or the tribe mm -hmm. names, which is really cool. Um, and as such, it's, you know, it's great to see that kind of like, hey, we're respecting your y'all's culture. More than, oh, you can open a casino. Like, that's really the only thing we give them. We give them shit land and the ability to open a casino. I will be very interested to see it, though, like how they handle it. I'm not necessarily interested in seeing the movie itself. I understand that we kind of have a very light <laughs> slate. Um, it was that you saw my options. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't know, like having the white savior complex is horrendous with any uh, minority. It's almost worse when it's Native Americans. Because we don't see it that much. And. This country actively tried to erase that culture for like 50 years. You know, as much as people like to say, oh, what what this country did with slaves was as bad. No, let's be real. That was individual people choosing to make that decision. This country and its leaders, I don't want to call them a leader, uh, said, hey, why don't you fuck out of Florida and into Oklahoma? Here's some blankets. Oh, yeah, by the way, they're laced with, I think it was typhoid. And they didn't know that. So, yeah. If you ever want to feel really bad about yourself and you're a white person living in the U.S., Look up the history of how this country treated North, uh, Native Americans in North America. It's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. But, uh, yeah, we will see y'all either on a stream on Wednesday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, where we are currently playing through Payday 3. This is true. The payday three is happening. Yep. After that. Figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. But we will catch you guys next time. And uh, what, what do you say to the people? Stay, stay chubby, my friends. Stay chubby. Hey, weather's getting cold. You know, you need a, you need a little layer of uh, insulation. Easiest way to do that. Just go buy yourself the box of 100 blow pops at Costco. <laughs> You'll put on calories, don't you worry. Goodbye, everyone. The SW Show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcasted by me, Mike Maroney, and AJ Losey. 
by sometimes by our contributors, including Corey King. You can follow the SWW Show on social media at the SWW Show, or sooner or later, you go to the patreon.com slash SWW to help us out. Thank you. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day.